Before we get started with today's show, I'm here to tell you about Brez Coffee Company, made by gamers for gamers right here on the Gulf Coast in Pensacola, Florida. Do you like lighter medium roast? Then try the Necro Medium, Holy Grail Light, or Stamina Boost. Or if you're like me and prefer darker roast, try the Critical Dark or the Coup Slayer Mocha Roast. But what if you can't pick just one? Then try one of their specialty sample packs, perfect for an all-night gaming or in the case of my fellow filmmakers, an all-night editing session. Forget about all the crappy coffee you've been buying at the grocery store and head on over to brezcoffeeco.com. Use the promo code DDE at checkout to get 10% off your order. Have you ever thought to yourself after listening to this podcast, why didn't Derek ask this question? Or why didn't he ask that question? I know I certainly have. Well, you get the chance to do that if you sign up for my Patreon at patreon.com slash ddiamondpodcast. You get the chance to ask guests of the show a question. If you're a fan of the top five list, you get the chance to vote on what the topic will be. You also get early access to episodes, accessibility to my film scripts, and so much more. And you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash ddiamondpodcast. And we want to thank our patrons, Tim Spivey, Donna Diamond, and Shannon Williams. Thanks so much for your continued contributions. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast, where every week I take a look inside the world of film and television with those who have lived it and experienced it. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and this is a special live edition of the podcast. It's been a while since I've done one of these live shows. I know I've had uh, pretty much every show for the last month and a half in the can since the end of August and used my last interview last week, so wanted to just... um, you know, do a uh, do a live show for you guys. And I apologize for the lateness with uh, starting the show. I was originally going to go live at six, but had a, a last minute thing come up. So I had to push the show back. So hopefully for those of you who are watching live, thank you for staying up. And uh, yeah, we've got some fun stuff to talk about. I'll be getting into my top five horror movie villains. It is Halloween week. And it's time for the top five list. It's like I've said on many occasions, one of my favorite things to do with this show. So we'll be getting into that a little bit later on. And I'm going to end the show with a special announcement regarding the future of the podcast. And for those who follow me on social media and have seen some, well, other things that I've created, you can probably figure out what that is. But we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later on. I will say if you have not submitted your top five list for horror movie villains, feel free to throw them in the comments and I'll add them to the list. I've got a few good ones that I'll get into in just a bit. And I wanted to really start by talking about something that's happened over the last week or so. And it's been kind of a whirlwind, if I'm being honest, but it is official I was able to find a new job. I'm going to be working with a company called Novalex, which is based out of South Carolina. They manufacture uh, packaging that food, retail, industrial industries use. 
it's a pretty big company. Their main headquarters, as I said, is in South Carolina, but they also operate all over the world. They have over 10,000 employees. And they reached out to me last Monday asking if, uh, you know, that if I'd be interested in working with them, they reached out and said, Hey, we saw your resume. Uh, would you want to do an interview with us? So I said, sure. We uh, did the interview Tuesday morning. And a couple of hours later, I got an email from their, um, from one of their reps that said they wanted to hire me. So I got the offer letter on Thursday. I accepted it. So I'm going to be doing training either later this week or early next week. My job is going to be uh, editing videos. And the cool thing is I get to work from home. It's a completely remote job, so I don't have to move to South Carolina, which is nice. But uh, no disrespect to South Carolina. I've been there. It's a really nice place, but not, not quite ready to move just yet. So I'll be, for those who have been longtime listeners of the show, you know, I've been working with the Blue Wahoos since uh, I did this show, since I started this show back in 2014. I had already been about a year into my career there. So next week will be my final week with the Blue Wahoos. And it's, it's a, it's a bittersweet thing. You know, I, I've made a lot of good memories and have met some really cool people and had the opportunity to do some really cool things during my time there. But I think it's also going to be good to move on to something different, be able to kind of expand and grow my skills in the field of video editing. And plus it'll give me more time to work on a couple of projects that I've been wanting to for quite some time, but with how busy this baseball season was and other events we've had, because it's really become a, a year round business. You know, I can remember in the early days of the blue Wahoos when we would do maybe two or three events in the off season, but other than that, you know, we'd just be prepping for the next season. But now we have football, we have uh, homecomings, we have proms, graduations. We have pretty much everything at the stadium. But And uh, Wade Vatican, who is watching, said, you'll be missed, buddy. Yeah, it's, it's going to be different for sure when next April rolls around and I'm not at the stadium on opening day, you know, making sure everything goes off without a hitch in the press box. But you know, I'll always be grateful for everything I've learned during my time with the Blue Wahoos, but I'm also very much looking forward to the next phase in my career. So fun, fun things coming up in the next few months with yours truly. Another thing I wanted to talk about is DC Fandom. And I haven't really been doing any news segments over the last couple of weeks just because I've been pretty busy with, you know, like last week was with everything to do with Novalex and with work and everything. I just, I've really only had the time to record the intros and outros for the shows and just, you know, put them out there. But DC Fandom happened a couple of weeks ago and I had the chance to watch most of the event. Oh, Debbie Nelson's watching. Uh, glad to catch you live and congratulations on your new job. Thank you. It, it's, it's very exciting, but a DC fandom. I watched a majority of the event. I didn't watch the entire broadcast from 
what I saw, the event as a whole, and I, I saw enough to kind of form an opinion on the event itself. It felt kind of rushed. Um, it, it was it wasn't awful, but I don't know. I, I'm curious as to how much longer these virtual events are going to go. I know that it's an option now with COVID, and I think there will be some companies that will do virtual events. I mean, Nintendo's been doing it for years with their Nintendo Directs. Instead of appearing at you know, video gaming conventions in person, they just do their, their online events, and they're quite successful. But I don't know. I, I was reading an article that was say, asking if this was the beginning of the end of the online event. I don't know if I would go that far, but I think once COVID really starts to die down and we see few to no cases, I think the demand of everyone meeting back up in person is going to be there again. You know, conventions are back still under certain restrictions, but I think as those lessen, we'll see less and less of the virtual events. You know, and I was even thinking of this a few days ago. I haven't done, if you, oh, my mother, Donna Diamond's watching. Welcome. Thank you for watching. Minus like the Pensacon stuff. I haven't done an in-person interview for this show since February of 2020. That's, that's a long time. That is a very long time. And don't get me wrong. I think the virtual aspect of it makes it so much easier. And that's really what the show is going to be for the foreseeable future. But, you know, I, I, I do miss the in-person aspect of it, but I think there will be some companies that stick with virtual, but the things that stood out to me from DC fandom first, you might think I'm going to talk about the Batman trailer or something like that. And I'm going to get to that, but the last thing I watched from fandom was something that I actually thought was extremely cool. And I had completely forgot about this and I was kicking myself for it because I was a huge fan of the show back in the day. Last DC fandom happened to fall on the 20th anniversary of Smallville. And man, did that make me feel old? Cause I remember being a sophomore in high school and that show premiered about a month after 9-11. And people were were clamoring for some type of positivity. And I remember reading about the show, how it was going to be Clark Kent in his teenage years and would lead up to his role of becoming Superman. And what was great about Smallville, and I, I want to do a roundtable discussion on Smallville one day. I think what made that show great was its ability to evolve itself as it matured because in the high school years of Clark Kent, it felt very much like a Dawson's Creek type show. And then as he got older and you started diving more into the Superman lore and mythology, and you started introducing villains like Brainiac uh, Zod and, you know, other notable villains it kind of became a Superman Begins type of show because in season nine, Clark was, he had distanced himself from humanity. He was wearing the black shirt with the gray S and the trench coat. 
the middle years of Smallville were, I think, its weakest. And I think the show went a couple of seasons too long. But I I dug it. You know, we Samantha and I, we went back last year and we watched through the entire show. And I, I still enjoyed it. You know, even these years later, my opinion on that still stands. But I enjoyed the first few years and the last two seasons I thought were, were really good. So it was cool. They, they did a, a, basically a retrospective of Smallville with Tom Welling, who played Clark Kent and Michael Rosenbaum, who played Lex Luthor. Still my favorite Lex Luthor, by the way. And it was just them talking about their experiences on the show. And they had a few pre-recorded messages from other cast members of, you know, just, saying happy 20th anniversary to Smallville. So it was cool to go down memory lane and, and revisit, you know, some of those fun moments from the show. The things that stood out to me other than that, I'm really excited for black Adam one, because I'm a fan of the rock. And I know this is a project that he's wanted to work on for a long time. And it's, we've been hearing about it for years. Are oh, the rocks going to start a black Adam movie? It's going to happen, you know, maybe next year or the year after that. And it just, you know, every now and then you'd hear about it, but then nothing for a while. And we finally got our first look at it. It looks really cool. I like that they're bringing in the Justice Society. I think, you know, bringing those characters in after you know, my only real experience with them is from Smallville. So getting to see them on the big screen, I think will be really cool. And who doesn't love The Rock? I mean, he's one that, yeah, my my being a fan of his goes back to his days of wrestling, but I still enjoy him. I think he's actually a really fun actor to watch. I like the fact that he doesn't take himself too seriously. You could tell he genuinely appreciates the role that he's in. And he his thing is he loves the fans. Like The fans are his number one priority. And I respect that immensely about him. So I I thought what little we saw of Black Adam looks really cool. I mean, we got some character introductions with Hawkman, um, obviously The Rock as Black Adam. Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate, I think, is a cool casting choice. And I think his outfit looked pretty awesome. So that that's one that I'm I'm going to look forward to. And there, there's a few DC movies that I'm looking forward to. Another one is The Batman starring Robert Pattinson. And we heard that this is going to be quite possibly the darkest take on Batman yet. And given by that trailer, I think it's going to be because he looked kind of insane. And I, I've been one ever since I saw The Lighthouse. I was sold on Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne slash Batman. And when I watched the trailer, the vibe that I got, and I think that's why I'm so excited for this movie. I love the Batman year one comic book. It's one of my favorite comic books of all time. I got some serious year one vibes. I know this is like Batman year two, or he's been Batman for a year, maybe two years. So he's still trying to figure himself out, figure out the best way to handle you know, fighting crime in Gotham. I love that about the story. We saw the older experienced Batman in Batman V Superman. And now we're getting about as close to a Batman year one as we're going to get. 
with Robert Pattinson. And I, I'm excited that the Riddler is being brought back in a prevalent role. We haven't seen him on screen since Jim Carrey and Batman Forever as far as being on the big screen. Um, so I, I think it's it's really cool. I wonder what other villains are going to show up. You know, obviously um, Colin Farrell's playing the Penguin. Wonder if anybody else will show up or if we'll get some hints. I'm hoping that once we get a sequel, I really want to see a Mr. Freeze storyline done really well. And I know I'm getting ahead of myself because the first one hasn't even come out yet, but we still got a while to wait. It doesn't come out till March, but the trailer looked great. And I loved their take on the Batmobile, like seeing it come out of that wall of fire. I was just like, Oh my God, it's, it looked awesome. And I, I already think it's one of my favorite iterations of the Batmobile and I can't wait to see more of it. Like March can't get here soon enough for that movie. But the thing I was most excited about the most things I was most excited about the most great job there, Derek, um, was, was the flash trailer. Um, knowing for a while that Michael Keaton was coming back as Batman. Speaking of older, more experienced Batman, I have such a soft spot in my heart for that original 1989 Tim Burton movie. Now, I know I was only three years old when that movie came out, but when I first started getting into my fandom of superheroes and the Marvel and DC universes, I remember watching the original Batman at my uncle's house, watching it on VHS And see, and I remember a VHS because it had this commercial with Bugs Bunny selling you Batman merchandise that you could buy from like a catalog that came with the, the VHS or something like that. I can't remember exactly how you got the merchandise. Obviously this is way before the internet and Amazon, you know, becoming what it was. But anyway, I'm curious to see how this version of the flashpoint storyline is told because it's obviously not going to be the same. Otherwise we would have gotten Thomas Wayne as Batman instead of the Michael Keaton, Bruce Wayne, but any excuse to bring him back, I'm very happy with, and we got the tease at the end with him in full Batman gear. There's a lot to dissect from the trailer. Obviously the voiceover with him asking Barry Allen, well, if you can go anywhere you want, any timeline, why is this one so important? Obviously because his mother's still alive in this movie, but you know, the, the final shot of Barry Allen looking at Batman saying, are you in? We see an alternate Barry Allen who's wearing the Batman suit with the flash logo painted over it. And then we have Supergirl on his other side. So there, there's a lot to look forward to in this movie. And the, the flashpoint storyline is one of my favorite comic book storylines of all time. It's one of the best DC animated movies that they've ever made as much flack as DC gets for their live action movies. Their animated ones more often than not are very good. I mean, they're not all perfect. I've heard injustice is not that great, but I, I haven't seen it, but the reviews I've read have not been very promising, but your flashpoint was just so, so well done. And there's a lot 
from that storyline that's not going to be in this movie. Like, I don't foresee a a war between Aquaman and Wonder Woman, you know, because of a love affair. I don't know what's going to be of Superman. I don't know if he's even going to exist in this universe. Who knows? And that's another one that we have a long time to wait because they're still filming the movie. I mean, it's not coming out until, um, until November of next year. So things to look forward to. I, I, 2022 is just loaded with great content, great movies, great shows. It, it's going to be a, a great year for for movie and TV fans. And I personally can't wait. And, and there's even great stuff that's still coming out this year. You know, I know Dune just came out. I haven't had a chance to see it yet. I'm hoping to do a review for it on the show in the next couple of weeks. But we have, you know, the Cobra Kai coming out New Year's Eve. Right before Christmas, we have the Matrix Resurrections, which... Man, I, I can't wait for that. Oh, Wade says, I think they either had a phone number you could call or address you could write to get a catalog where you could order the stuff. That that sounds right. That sounds right. So, yeah, I, I'd be curious to to see what kind of merchandise you could get. Because I, I never got the catalog, so obviously never got any merchandise. But, but I digress. But... Those were really my the things that stood out for me for for fandom. I know there were some other things that you know I didn't get the chance to see, but I'm excited for everything I just mentioned. I'm excited for the new season of Superman and Lois. It's it's one that at face value I was just like, why do we need another Lois and Superman show? I mean, we got that with Lois and Clark. We got it with Smallville. But making them a little older and also having teenage boys is kind of a cool dynamic. It's something different that, you know, it it puts Superman in different situations. It gives him a different purpose, a different thing to fight for. Which is very tough to do with that character. If you haven't watched Superman and Lois, definitely check it out. Very, very good. So now we're going to get into what I think most everyone came here for, and that is top five horror movie villains. It's Halloween week. I know last year I did top five horror films. Everyone seemed to really enjoy that. And I was trying to think of something horror based to do uh, for this week's show. And of course, the wonderful subscribers over at Patreon voted on this option. And what we're going to do for those who have never watched or listened to an episode of this show featuring the top five list, I'm going to list my top five horror movie villains and why I have them where I do. And then I'll read everyone else's list that they submitted. And what I do is every month I post a thread on Facebook and uh, yeah, you can just leave your comments or leave your list in the comments and I'll read them on the show. So it's pretty simple. Uh, people people love it. I, I think it's, you know, it's one of my favorite things to do with this entire show. Uh, let's see. Debbie says, Donna, I know you're proud of this guy. I miss you. 
Uh, Wade, uh, let's see, hats, t-shirts, coffee mugs, ties. I remember the commercials on Batman, also on Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. So, top five horror movie villains. I don't have any honorable mentions because I wanted to to stick with just the one through five. But my number five is a little bit of a tricky one because it's not a specific iteration of this character, but it's the idea of the character. And that would be Ghostface from the movie Scream or the Scream franchise. What I like about the Ghostface character, one, I, I like the mask. Like it's, it's one of the most, it's become one of the most iconic masks in horror movie history. You know, when you think of Scream, you're just like that. You think of the Ghostface mask. But what I like about the idea of Ghostface is that, you know, Michael Myers is a larger than life character. He wears the white mask. He's big, tall, seemingly invincible. Freddy Krueger wears the sweater, lives in your dreams. Jason Voorhees, big dude with a hockey mask. Ghostface can really be anybody. Ghostface, you look at the different iterations of that character fairly an average person or spoilers if you haven't seen the first one average people so it could be you it could be me it could be the neighbor it could be a co-worker a family member and that's what's scary to me about Ghostface is that and in watching all the Scream movies knowing that it could really be anybody it could be someone that you don't expect, or it might be someone you predict from the very beginning. I, I like the idea of, of Ghostface, So that's why he made my top five. My number four is from the, uh, from Halloween three season of the witch Car- uh, Colonel Cochran. And this movie is very, polarizing if you will because a lot of people don't like it because it has nothing to do with Michael Myers but the original idea behind the Halloween franchise is it was going to be an anthology series with the common theme being the stories took place on Halloween now John Carpenter didn't expect Michael Myers to become as popular as he was because originally you know, he was going to be dead after Halloween 2, and then obviously Season of the Witch came out, and they were going to do more anthology stories, but people didn't like that Michael Myers wasn't a part of the franchise, so they brought him back. But Season of the Witch, as a standalone movie, I think is actually very good, and Cochran is just that creepy, old-school type of villain, and for those who haven't seen Season of the Witch it has a, a pretty dark plot. He's Cochran's company builds these masks that kids wear on Halloween. Excuse me. Um, anyway, he, they wear these masks and they watch this certain commercial and it kills them in very painful and grotesque ways. That is really messed up to want to murder children in that way. So really for that reason alone, just the fact that, and I can't remember the actor who plays him, but 
the guy who plays Cochran does a very great job. So, uh, oh yeah, wait, happy, happy Halloween, 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 happy, happy Halloween, silver shamrock. My number three is Jack Torrance from The Shining. I loved this movie. I think it's one of the best horror movies, arguably the best horror movie ever made. There's something about the intimacy of the story and then watching Jack's descent into madness because, you know, you can really see that he's not all there in the beginning, but just watching his descent into madness. And of course, Jack Nicholson plays it brilliantly. I think he's, it's one of the best character pieces that I've seen on screen. When you think about watching the evolution of a particular character, I think you got to put Jack Torrance near the top of that list. So he's my number three. And the fact that he's going to murder his own family, that that's, Oh, it was, if you've never seen the shining, you're doing yourself a disservice. It's a fantastic movie. My number two is the shape himself. Mr. Michael Myers. I was not, introduced to the Halloween franchise. Now, obviously I'd heard of it, but I didn't watch it for the first time until 20, 2018, I believe. Sorry for the coughing. I'm still recovering from a sinus infection. So the, the, the throat's always the, the last thing to be fixed whenever you have a sinus infection. But Michael Myers, I was not introduced into the Halloween franchise until a couple of years ago by Jason Robbins and Joey Image when we did the the retrospective on Nerd Cave Retro. What I like about Michael Myers is, as I was mentioning earlier, that almost larger than life aspect of him. He's just a simple guy in a mask. He doesn't speak. He just has one purpose, and that is to kill. And there's something, I don't know, there, there's something artistic about the performance of Michael Myers. You know, like I think of in the original movie when he hangs the dude on the door and he just looks and kind of turns his head to the side, almost like he's admiring his work. And uh, the the breathing I thought was was a nice little addition, but you know what what makes Halloween great in addition to the Michael Myers character is that theme song. That movie would not have been as successful without that music that John Carpenter composed. I will die on that hill. But I don't think anyone's really going to fight me on that though. Uh, but my number one is the Nightmare Master himself, Mister Freddy Krueger, and I. Pick him as my number one, mostly because what's great about Freddy Krueger is that he attacks you when you should be in your most safest and comfortable position, and that is sleeping. He attacks you in your dreams, and when you die in your dreams, you die in real life. That is scary as you know what to me. And I, you know, I, I thought Robert England, you know, it, the, the character became pretty campy 
there near the end of its run, but the original take on Freddy Krueger, I thought was, was excellent. And I, even as a kid, when horror movies scared me, I was always intrigued by the Freddy Krueger character almost enough to get me to watch it. But I didn't until I got older. So call me, call me a Freddy cat or whatever you want to, but that's, that's just me. But that is my top five horror movie villains. So let's get into everyone else's list. From Samantha Owens, uh, no particular order. Um, well, I, no, this is in order. Uh, Freddy Krueger is five. Hannibal Lecter is four. Pennywise is three. You'll float two. Uh, Jigsaw is number two. And number one, Michael Myers. Brandon Rutledge, honorable mentions, Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th, Patrick, <coughs> excuse me, Patrick Bateman from American Psycho, Pazuzu from The Exorcist, and Esther from Orphan. That would be a great honorable mention because the twist in that movie is great. Number five, I love this choice, The Shark from Jaws. Four, Freddy Krueger from the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Three, Norman Bates. Uh, from Psycho, only original because Vince Vaughn sucked. Two, Annie Wilkes from Misery, another great choice. And number one, Jigsaw from the Saw franchise. Jason Robbins, number five, Killer Clowns, all of them, especially Spike from Killer Clowns in Outer Space. Number four, The Aliens from They Live. Three, Sutter Cone, I believe I'm saying that right. The text is really small on this thing. Uh, let's see. We are live, everyone. Uh, uh, Sutter Kane from In the Mouth of Madness. There we go. It helps whenever I move my uh, notes to my bigger monitor. Number two, The Terminator. I still consider it a sci-fi horror movie. I agree. And number one, Colonel Cochran from Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Chris Cranford, Dr. Phibus, 1980's The Thing, Freddy Krueger, Critters and Lugosi's Dracula. Uh, Wade Vatican says it went downhill after Wes Craven's new Nightmare slash seventh film, which I haven't seen all of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. I'm curious about New Nightmare because I believe that's the one where it takes place in real life and Freddy Krueger somehow like gets into the real world and not the movie world. So I, I like the fact that it's a little meta in that sense. And uh, Wade also sent in his list, uh, Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, Jaws, and Chucky. I'm curious about that new Chucky series. I like the fact that they're continuing from the old movies and it's not like a reboot. Uh, that seems to be the new thing now is to acknowledge, even if it's, you know, certain installments of franchises. I know with the new Halloween, they they say that two through whatever the last one was doesn't exist anymore. And that seems to be the thing. Like you look at Cobra Kai, it continues the Karate Kid story. It's it's the new thing, which I I dig it. Like I, I like acknowledging the the history of franchises. Like you shouldn't just reboot something because you're watching the same thing only not as good most of the time uh, drink plenty of water when you have a sinus infection hydration helps and also hot tea because that's what I'm going to be drinking after this show's over 
So thank you to everyone who sent in your top five lists. I know we'll be doing another type uh, top five list next month, which also brings me to my announcement for this podcast and the future of the podcast. And this is something that has been <clears throat> in the back of my mind for a while now. And I, I've often said, you know, longtime listeners of the show will know this. When I started this show back in 2014, one of the reasons why I did it was to help cure myself of my social anxieties, to force myself to meet new people and converse with new people. And I credit doing this podcast as the big reason why I know how to converse with people, how to talk with people, because I wasn't very good at it at all. You know, through high school, through college, it was something that I struggled with. So it was a challenge for me to build something like this. Now, I never thought that it would get to where it is now with you know, being over 300 episodes in and getting to interview so many people that I grew up watching, like Jim Cummings, Jason David Frank, uh, so many other great guests that I've had the pleasure of talking to throughout the years. And I feel like I do want to take the show to the next level because I think it can be something more. Like, I think I can do something more with podcasting. I feel confident enough in my abilities now that I can do more than just, you know, just interview somebody who's in the movie industry. You know, I want to do, you know, consistent news segments. I want to do reviews. I want to do more audience interaction, but I also want it to have a broader appeal. And in order to do that, I'm going to reinvent myself when it comes to podcasting. So everyone should mark your calendar for November 22nd, 2021, which is on a Monday. I'll be doing another live show and it will be the final episode of the Derek Diamond experience. And I say that because from a mass marketing standpoint, I've been thinking about it and I've consulted with several people that I trust their opinion on when it comes to this kind of stuff. What do I need to do to take the show to the next level or take podcasting, my podcasting career to the next level? And I think in order to do that, I'm going to have to reinvent myself. So the show is going to be ending in the sense that, you know, and I'll never forget what um, what the show has done for me. And it will always hold a special place for me. But what I want to do is start a new show. Because... What's the right way to say this? Podcasting has changed a lot since I started back in 2014. You know, podcasts were still relatively new and there weren't nearly as many as there are now. So I am kind of embracing the challenge. Like it excites me to start a new show knowing what I know now, because I tell myself 
well, if I were to do a new podcast now, this is what I would do different. Well, now I'm going to get to do that. So the Derek Diamond experience will be ending uh, with a special live show on November 22nd. But that's not the end of my podcasting career. Obviously, I'm still going to be doing Nerd Cave Retro. But I'm going to be launching a new show on January 5th, 2022. And for those of you who are watching the video version, uh, you're about to see the new logo and the name. But if you're only listening in audio, you'll see it on social media too. On January 5th, I will launch my new podcast called Feature Presentation. It's going to be movie-centric, similar to what this show is now, but with a little bit more. You know, I, I, I plan on doing different segments every week. Like, I will do news stories that are going on in the industry, you know, because it's an industry that I still want to learn more about. And the way I'm going to learn about it is by doing the research and doing more work and talking about it on the show, because this show is my outlet to be able to talk about things like this. I'm also going to be doing more audience interaction. You know, we just did the top five list. I love everyone submitting their list and us getting to talk about it on the show. I'm not going to do a top five list every week, but there will be some type of audience interaction every week because that's one of my favorite parts of the show is hearing everyone's opinion and just bouncing our opinions off of each other. You know, it's whether it's live chat on Facebook, Twitter, wherever it might be, that's, that's what makes great conversation. The fact that, you know, your opinion might be different than mine and it might make me think, Oh, well, I never thought of, you know, this story or this movie in that way before it's, it's the backbone of podcasting to me is, is conversation like that. And of course I'll be, um, doing interviews every week with those who work in the, the entertainment industry. And what I want to do with the interviews is um, I want to expand, instead of only talking with you know indie actors and indie you know directors, I want to talk with those who work on the major films, but in a role that you may not expect. Like one of the things I want to do, is I want to interview the editor from the new Scream movie because I looked at his IMDb and his resume was really impressive. And editing is something that you don't really hear about on you know, this podcast or a lot of podcasts that I listen to that are movie-based. So looking at different avenues for major movies and still on the indie level as well. So... I'm going to try to bring some different types of conversations to the feature presentation podcast. Now the social media channels are active. If you want to follow the, the show on social media, it's at feature pres pod. That's P R E S P O D on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm sure a lot of the listeners have seen that request go out of saying, Oh, well feature press pod has just followed you. Now, you know, the explanation why. So it's sad to see the Derek diamond experience go, but you know, this isn't the final episode. I've still got a few fun shows left to do, but uh, we'll, we'll have a, we'll have a fun chat and we'll have a fun hangout for uh, the final episode uh, coming up in November. And then 
We'll uh, we'll relaunch in January with a new name, new music, a new new outlook. You know, there's been a lot of changes for me coming up. You know, it's with the new job, uh, the new podcast. I'll be getting married in April, so I I think it's it's a good time. It's a very good time, and some might not agree with my decision to change the name or to start a, a new show. But I'm the risk of it is part of the excitement too. You know, it it may work, it may not, but that's what I'm I'm excited for is you know, building something from the ground up with the experience that I already have. So on that note, I think we're going to close out uh, this week's live edition of the Derek Diamond Experience. Uh, definitely uh, give the new show a follow at Feature Press Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'll be making an official announcement um, on those channels this week about you know what to expect. A lot of fun stuff coming up, and I'm I'm planning on being very interactive with social media. And if you're a fan of the Marvel movies, you're gonna like what I have planned for January. It's 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 gonna be a lot of fun, and you're really gonna like it. I think. So you can give Feature Presentation a follow at Feature Pres Pod on all forms of social media. If you want to follow the Derek Diamond Experience on social media, at D Diamond Podcast. If you want to follow me personally on Twitter, I'm at Derek underscore Diamond. If you want to subscribe to this show, I'm on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, really anywhere you get your podcast. Just search for the Derek Diamond Experience. Um, please leave a review. Uh, if you could, uh, the more reviews I get, the more visible I become to the podcasting public, which uh, helps out this show immensely. I'm also on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Uh, the Derek Diamond Experience Patreon for those uh, who are active still. Um, I will be doing exclusives for November. I'll still be doing a watch along. I'll still be doing a poll for the top five list. I may do I may do a twofer for the final episode. I might do a top five of the Patreon's choice, and then I may do my personal top five maybe moments from from the podcast, or I might just do I just might list several. I I don't know I don't know entirely what I'm going to do yet for the final episode. Uh, that's still in the works. And of course, thank you to the Unicorn Wranglers for providing the theme music. For the podcast, you can check out all their music on Apple Music, Google Play, and Spotify. That's going to do it for this week's show, so enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you for tuning in to another awesome episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and we'll see you guys back here next Thursday. Thursday.